The Free for All Roundtable. Round one. And it's time for the roundtable. That was professional. That was really smooth. Thank you very much. We can talk about that at nine. We don't know. Do we have to? We'll see. All right. Uh, That's Robert Turner, who, uh, as you may know, a lot of people missing Robert Turner on the morning show and his regular uh, Weisenheimer activities, but he got promoted to management, so he's not on the board for the morning show anymore, and he's only here to keep me honest twice a week. Uh, Robert Turner is here. Vass Bednar, Executive Director of the Master of Public Policy degree in Digital Society at McMaster University, and Toronto City Council. Shelly Carroll is here as well. And actually, Shelly, you and I spent some time on the phone the other day talking about the budget. I figured we can just bat clean up because it's not an insignificant development in the life of our city. Um, is there anything in question when it comes to the budget as proposed in terms of what is eventually going to be approved by council, do you think? Well, we're going to start the review today. You'll hear councillors asking questions all day today and all day tomorrow. And and they'll they'll sort of uh, bring up some red light areas where where they're thinking we're a bit short. There are still a number of uh, uh, you know community advocates in the community who are, are saying that the the police increase is too much. They'd like to see it going to other places. But today you'll see those other places, parks and rec, community services. You'll see what's going into those budgets. And so there'll be a, there'll be some back and forth between councillors and the budget committee. Let's put it that way. Okay, well, and it, it's worth noting because there are new councillors. Many of them would self-identify, I guess, as progressives. Uh, and also with the mayor saying that he's out after this next four years, everybody's posturing to run for mayor. So I have to think there's going to be a bit of flash today and moving forward. Oh, 100%. Uh, when we have the special budget council, which for some reason we're having on Valentine's Day. That's uh, romantic. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be a romantic and very long meeting. But uh, I think, you know, you are going to see a lot of uh, political performance art, I I like to call it, Um, for those reasons, for the reasons you mentioned, but also because people are really stressed. Um, This budget does is going to contribute to the the cost of living effects that we're all hearing because cost of living and inflation is affecting, affecting the city. You know, uh, buying fuel for TTC vehicles, um, bringing food to a long-term care home is 31% more expensive. And so the city's budget is really tight and does include an increase. So there's going to be a lot of back and forth. Okay, let's move on to a few other things, uh, but we'll stick with economics for a moment. A uh, new survey finds that Canadians feel like we're in a recession, even though technically we're not. Vas Bednar, the problem with something like this is economics is largely attitudinal. So if people think we're in a recession, then they're going to behave like they are, and then we're going to get one. Well, I think people are communicating that they're financially stressed a little bit more so than ever before, but I don't know that the people kind of vibing that we're already in a recession will will prompt it in terms of the, the econometrics and the official diagnosis. Um, I think this mood stuff is really, really important to pay attention to because I think it, you know, cascades into how we take care of ourselves and our mental health and our physical health and how we treat each other. Um, So it's kind of an interesting poll. Usually I'm not as interested in polls, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, Robert Turner, you're running a household in cooperation with your wife. Are you behaving as if we are in a recession. I don't know. I don't know what that looks like. Because, okay. um, well, recession is one of those things. There's a technical term for it. And then there, how, how am I doing? Yeah. How I'm doing is John Tory tells me I'm going to have to pay a lot more for my property tax. Um, 
And it sounds like we do because those costs have gone up. But I also have to renegotiate my mortgage in the next, you know, three weeks. And I was running the numbers on that yesterday. So out of pocket every month just for that, there's a lot less money in the household and groceries are through the roof. So you can call it whatever you want. You can call it a recession. You can call it a downturn. You can call it a slowdown. You can call it a living nightmare. Uh, But for people who are are, are squeezed by it, it hurts. And, you know, I'm really fortunate in, in the spectrum of how this is impacting people. I'm really fortunate and it's putting me under a lot of stress. I don't know how people who are on fixed incomes who have not had anything good happen to them in the last little while coming out of COVID, how they're dealing with the increased costs. Uh, Shelly Carroll, your thoughts? Oh, yeah. And, and, and really, the everyday person really does start to drive this because if you are worried, if you if it feels like a recession to you, how you drive it is we had this frenzy of travel at Christmas, but will they travel next year? They Probably that frenzy was, let's do this before the, the economy tanks altogether. Do they travel next year? Maybe not. Would they buy that new washer dryer? Probably not. Um, is now the time for a new car? Probably not. And so on and so forth until you find yourself, it, it really does, start, the economy is driven by people being nervous by the economy. Well, but also, it, also it's being driven by the fact people just have less money in their pockets because it has to go to places they can't, like I cannot cut down how much I drive. Right. I have to drive to work. That's how I get to work with with my situation. That's the way for me to get to work. And it costs what it costs and it's going up. So that money just has to come from other places. So it's not that, uh, you know, I have the money to buy that thing, but I've just decided I'm concerned about the economic outlook. So I'm not going to buy it. I don't have the money. 100 percent. You're not you're not going to buy a Tesla to save on gas right now. I'm not going to buy a Tesla. Um, so but you're on Twitter. Walk me through that. I know, I know. Um, <laughs> let's walk through the account that we're learning of, of the mayhem that prevailed on a Saturday night in December the 17th. We already know that it culminated in the murder of a 59-year-old man by knife in the downtown. But now apparently police have pieced together this whole account of girls going from station to station to station on the subway and swarming other people and causing all kinds of mayhem. Robert Turner, I don't necessarily know where the discussion goes because it's just one of those things where you look from afar and think, what the hell is going on? Well, yeah. Um, How is there a pack of feral teenagers running around at 10 o'clock on a Saturday night? Where are their parents? And I never thought I'd get old enough to ask that question, but here we are. Uh Where are their parents? Because at 13, I wasn't out with a pack of my buddies on a 10 o'clock on a Saturday night where my parents didn't know where I was. Um, so that's a huge failing here. And I think this also speaks to the safety concerns that have been expressed. And we've seen some really notable incidents. And yeah, they may not be, you know, it may not be a pattern, but man, you get enough of them of really bad things happening on public transit. And I think that's why uh, I know it's not popular with activists who don't like the police anyway, but I personally feel more comfortable if when I'm going down uh, 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 in sort of a public situation, if there's a cop walking by every once in a while. Yeah, Vas Bednar, this really is where we do, as Robert was kind of channeling, become our parents. Because I look at this and I think, what the hell? I mean, yeah, I think it's it's shocking and everyone sort of feels that way, especially that the young girls may not have known each other that well before, you know, engaging in these activities that night, um, what they were doing at other stations and why, how it might be rationalized later. Um, I think it's very morbid for the city. Um, but in terms of back to will people take the TTC and people's moods and, you know, whether or not this is a recession, 
it's also important to think not just about consumption, but the risks people will take. I'm going back to the previous point for a second, sorry, right? Like people are likely to be less entrepreneurial when they feel more constrained and that there's less room to take a risk. And that's sort of very bad overall too. I want to jump yeah. to another issue, but I will start with uh, Shelley Carroll on this one. I don't know if you've seen the video, but you've read the account. I saw the video yesterday and it was just so callous and awful, an art gallery owner in San Francisco hosing down a homeless woman. And Shelley Carroll, I mean, there's almost a through line to a lot of the stuff we're talking about on the, the round table this morning. I get why if you own an enterprise, you would be upset about somebody encamped in front of it. But this, you know, then turning a hose on her, I actually hope the guy gets doxxed. Yeah, it, it, it's just an awful video, but it, it speaks to the sense of urgency uh, for all the cities. Uh, we have a huge homeless problem. We spent all day yesterday talking about it in, in uh, um, Economic and Community Development Committee because um, we're working on you know extending our hotel leases and, and trying to sensibly deal with the homeless. But every city, every major city, so San Francisco, L.A., every major Canadian city, and there, there is a sense of urgency to it for exactly this reason. Um, people have had enough where it's really starting to affect them. People get upset when we try to figure out what to do with encampments, but people are tired of waiting to enjoy their parks. If you're blocking a city street, yes, we, we, you know, we want to be uh, uh, humane, but there reaches a point where that business owner is knocking on the door of City Hall saying, help me, I, I've got to clear this street. And so we've got to start in this post-pandemic uh, 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 era, we've got to start to pick up the pieces of that, that huge increase in homeless population. Yeah, Vas Bednar, I guess what I find particularly disturbing in this video is it, it's emblematic of people looking at the homeless and not actually thinking of them as people. Absolutely. I mean, and some of the quotes from this art gallery owner who, you know, is fascinating that he doesn't feel more shamed or remorseful is, you know, oh, well, you know, if you I've called the police 25 times, you know, they're they're just going to go to a shelter for a couple of days and come back. You know, that's very unfortunate. We can't other people. And we know that more and more people are having challenges finding and keeping uh, a sustainable housing situation. Uh, even people who have been pre-purchasing properties are rethinking, you know, their their living arrangements and, and the viability of what they were thinking of. So definitely very concerning. San Francisco has a particularly deep uh, problem with uh, underhoused people, but that doesn't mean we can't see the trend increase in, in Toronto and well, the greater we, Ontario area. We saw this throughout the pandemic because we had a lot of the people yeah. who would normally advocate for more services for the homeless that when those services for the homeless because we opened up all those emergency shelters and hotels ended up in ridings and areas where they weren't normally and now they're causing problems for citizens who don't normally have to encounter it um, there were a lot of counselors, some of whom will be pretty performative when the budget talks are going on about what should happen with police raising a stink about the impact that these shelters were having in their ward now so it's easy to say this guy went too far, and I think it's clear he did. But we also don't have his lived experience of having to deal with this day in, day out, trying to run his business. If every morning, John, you had somebody outside the studio here that you had to deal with, yep. I would think you'd, you'd probably view them as a person for a while. Then you'd view them as the problem. 
Yeah, but I, I would like to think I would try to find a solution for them that was humane rather than, you know, directing a hose at them. But no, you're absolutely right. I'm, and for those who weren't with us earlier in the show, um, coming in through the main entrance today, you had to climb over a homeless person who was sleeping on the front stoop. Uh, thank you to you all. Shelly Carroll, Vas Bednar, Robert Turner. Catch the roundtable, round one at 745, round two at 845. Weekday mornings on More in the Morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.